In a world where social media and outrageous beauty standards reign supreme, Girls in Real Life encourages young women to love themselves by living fearless and filter-free. Society might have its own idea of what a girl should be, but we're here to remind you of what it truly means to be a girl in real life. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Hey, you guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Girls in Real Life podcast. I am your host, Mariah Clayton, and I am so excited because I have a guest today, and she is actually the first person to use the email that I have. If you didn't know, I have an email for y'all to send in guest requests for the show. It's my story at girlsirl.org. So I'm super excited because this is the first guest request that I've had. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit more about who she is. Hey girls, my name is Tara Swift, and I am from Midland, Texas, which is a small city of West Texas, and I currently am in Dallas, Texas, in dental school, um, but I grew up, you know, playing basketball all of my life, and, mm-hmm. you know, once I realized that basketball was not the dream for me, I decided to pursue um, dentistry, and um, it's brought me to where I am now, so I am thankful for basketball, but I'm excited for dentistry as well. Um, that is so cool. And you played basketball, so you must be really tall. How tall are you? It's so funny, actually. I'm only 5'3". What? I played one position, and that was point guard. And I've played that position all my life. I was quick, though, and got a D1 scholarship to play basketball. Yes, ma'am. That's awesome. And where'd you play? I played at Abilene Christian, which is, um, Abilene is maybe two and a half hours west of Dallas. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm a shorty, too. I'm only 5'5". So I tell people that I play volleyball, they're like, oh, Yep. You're not tall. I like, get track all the time. Like, oh, what sprints do you yes. run? Yes. Actually, it's too hot to be outside. So. Yes. People <laughs> always think I run track. They're like, so what do you run? I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I want to talk about like your experience as a D1 athlete. I know I was a D1 athlete in my experience, but what type of life lessons did you learn from being an athlete in college? I think the first thing was um, to seize the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's it's really rare or the number of women females that go on from high school to play collegiate basketball or collegiate sports at any level is a select few. And then right. to go on and play D1 is even fewer than that. And so I, I consider it a blessed to be in that number. Um, but also I think the biggest thing that I learned was I wasn't as grown as I thought I was. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, going out to college and um, I was like, oh, I'll be on my own. No one's telling me what to do. And then I have a coach telling me what to do every day, you know? Right. So it was just the thing of understanding, like, I'm, I'm not as grown as I am. And there was so much growing that I still needed to do and glad that I did do. Yeah. Um, in college. I think for me, like, one of the main things I learned was that your mind truly does control your body. And, you know, before I went off to college, I had an uncle who told me, you know, I was a freshman. I was so excited. I was like, yes, I get to play and whatever. And he told me, you know, just because you're a freshman – doesn't mean that like you can't play you know you should still go in there wanting to play and you know he said no one should work harder than you no one should be more conditioned than you and that just kind of stuck with me throughout my time in college like I was the fastest person on my team I made sure you know I was doing good in my classes girl I was like y'all might y'all might be taller than me y'all might have those starting positions right now but I promise you will not work harder than me I promise you won't like put in more work than me so that always just kind of stuck with me throughout my time in college. And like, you really push your body to limits that you didn't even Extreme. know could go past. Like, I'm like, man, I can't run no faster. And then you beat your time just like and that. Like you said, it's a mentality because of the fact like you don't think you can. 
Um, and your body will tell you that you can't, right? But it's like, if you just keep going, you will, there's so much growth that takes place over that time, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I originally, I was so gung-ho about dentistry, y'all. I graduated high school and I decided I wasn't going to play basketball, actually. I was like, I'm t- I've been playing since four years old. I'm going to go to Baylor University to study, you know, biology. And I'm going to go to Baylor College of Dentistry, mm-hmm. which is where I'm at now. They changed the name. But actually... Um, as that process is going on, I realized, uh, yeah, college is expensive. It is. <laughs> so I initially went Duco actually, and I went off to Arizona mm-hmm. and played basketball there for three years. So that's where my ACL, my sophomore Aww. year, which is a complete spirit crusher. Um, but I bounced back and then I went to ACU for the last two years. So oh, my route was very non-traditional for sure. Yeah, no, I lo- I know a lot of people who actually start at a JUCO and then just transfer to a D1. I mean, you get the college experience, you get to play against that upper level. And I, I, sometimes I feel like it kind of prepares you more for the D1 level or for the next level that you're going to just because like you have that extra time to really perfect your craft and figure out, you know, like what works and what doesn't work. <laughs> understanding like yourself, like how do I study? How do I like you know, be in control of my own schedule and all those things. So it was the, the, the transition, I think, was a lot easier. Yeah. Sure. So how do you think being an athlete has transferred over into your, like, personal life? Wow. I think I work very well with people. Um, I, I'm a huge team player. I love to, you know, be in challenges. So it's like life is, you know, you're going to have adversity regardless. Yeah. Um, but I think in basketball, since it's such a quick sport, like, if someone steals the ball from you, you don't have time to pout or whatever. Like you're getting back on defense right away. And so I think I live my life in that manner. Like things hit me and I'm like, ah, that, that, that hurt. Or, you know, that's going to slow me down, but I don't have time. I do, you know, I do grieve or deal with whatever it is, but I don't have time to soak in it because I'm like, okay, what's next? Like, how can I come back from this? Um, So I think that's probably the biggest thing is like being a team player and being uh, adjustable, you know, to my environment. I find that too. Like if something in my life goes wrong, I'm just like, okay, I can't focus on the problem. Like how do I fix it? You know, like, cause if I sit and dwell on this for forever and ever and ever, I'm never going to find a solution to what the goal that I'm trying to reach. And, you know, my coach will always be like, look for the next ball, like next ball is coming. And so I always just try and like, what is the next thing? Like, what are the steps that I can take? Like, and then also I kind of think, I feel like it makes me critically think about everything that could possibly happen if I do something. So if I'm like stuck with a choice or trying to figure out something to do, like just in life, I feel like I weigh my pros and my cons more. And I just critically think like, okay, so if I do this, then this, this, or this could happen. But if I do this, then maybe it'll go this way. So I don't know. That's just how my mind works. I I don't know. I think sports creates that innate, like proactiveness. Yeah. Because the coach is teaching you next play, like, um, you know, like for volleyball, if someone's hitting, you know, you know, like to get a certain angle because mm-hmm. 90% of the time, if they're hitting from left, right, or whatever, left, front, that's Ooh, where the ball is. Come on, breaking. terminology. <laughs> I, I played a little bit. I was, I was, you know, I didn't want to be a digger on my life. I was like, I'm sure <laughs> for this. But, you know, just like your, your mind is trained in any sport to just think like, okay, next. Or, you know, like even when you're running a lot of distance, you're training yourself to like pace yourself because, yeah. you know, if you go too hard at first, you'll be winded by the end. And if you kind of chill, everyone else is, you know, ahead of you. So it's like your, your, your life and sports have made you proactive in a sense, critically thinking like what could be and like kind of weighing your options. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about you and dental school, because first of all, let me just preface this by saying I am terrified of the dentist. It is my (laughs) biggest fear. I hate going to the dentist. (laughs) Well, you have beautiful teeth. So 
Thank you. That that that's a healthy fear then, because you're doing well. I, I mean, I, I I will say I do get cavities, a lot of cavities, because I love sugar and I love lemonade. So I'm always like drinking something sweet <laughs> or like eating some chewy candy. So I always have like five cavities when I go <laughs> to, the <gym>. and <laughs> that just makes it ten times worse. But I really want to talk about like how you even got interested interested in dentistry like was this something you always knew you wanted to do did it, did it just kind of develop over time I think for the most part I was I think it was seventh grade I had terrible teeth big teeth and terrible teeth <laughs> in seventh grade um is when my parents like took me to the dentist to have like the examination and he was like oh yeah she needs braces and so they referred me to the orthodontist and you know at the time braces were not cool but there was right. no Invisalign like you had brackets and it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so my experience with the orthodontist, like I liked the interaction. I was like, oh, he's really nice. You know, most of the times I saw his assistants, but I was just curious, like, what is he doing? Where is he at? You know, and just kind of doing that. So I think from like seventh grade, I was like, I want to be a dentist. And I didn't know dentists aside from my own and, you know, the orthodontist. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I just spoke over myself and I kind of just spoke it and kind of left it. And then maybe, you know, when you're like in the yearbook of like ninth grade, they're like, what do you want to do? Do you want to grow up? Yeah. You know, little quotes. And I was like, I'm going to be a dentist. And so I, the thing is, I never imagined or ever said anything else. Mm -hmm. And of course, I, I feel like um, a lot of my hometown people would say like, oh, she's going to go out to play basketball. And I was like, that's great. And I love women in basketball. That ain't my calling. I don't think God <laughs> called me to that. And um, I was like, no, I think I like science. I love science. I love math. And so I think it was, um, that was probably my initial, like getting into it. And then as I started going throughout college, I really like excelled in science courses and everything. And so it just only made sense to continue that path. Yeah. And while I was at junior college, my roommate's sister mm -hmm. had the same passion. And she told me about this program um, called SPEP, which is at the school that I'm at. Mm -hmm. And it's a summer preparatory uh, program where you spend six weeks at a current dental school. They house you. They pay you to come. Um, yeah. You just have to get there. And you're getting like a crash course of dental school. And so that was like my first real experience. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, this is for me. I'm doing it. You know, and I stuck with it. I feel like I'm always so jealous of those people who figured out what they wanted to do at a young age, because I feel like my mind always changed. Like, I remember <laughs> the first thing I ever wanted to be when I grew up was like a singer. And then when I realized I couldn't be Beyonce, I was like, all right, this is not <laughs> going to work. Um, you know, and then I wanted to get into acting. Like, I was always just very into the entertainment industry. I love being in front of a camera and just like having an audience. And so I was like, oh, I want to be an actress. And right. I did theater throughout middle school and all of these different things. And my mom would always say, you know, you have to get a real job. You have to get a real job. So <laughs> I remember like the first real profession that I ever said I wanted to be was a vet. And, you know, wow. I love animals. I've, I, I'm an animal person. I just, I love them. But yes. <laughs> my mind changed when I got to biology in the 10th grade. And I was like, uh, -uh this ain't going to work. We was dissecting <laughs> them little rats. And I yes, was just like, Ooh. and it's a lot of school. And I, like, I'm not, I'm not a science and math person. So mm -hmm. there was just no way that would have worked out for me. So, I mean, I remember like after I graduated high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like at that point, it was just like, I don't even know. And so right. I remember being in the car with my mom and I was like, you know, I think I want to take a, a gap year and just go to LA and like, I'll yes. go in and see what I can do. And she, she <laughs> shut that down real quick. Like, no, 
like, oh no, like we are not doing this. You are going to college. You are getting a degree. You better figure it out. <laughs> and I remember having another conversation with her and, you know, she suggested psychology to me because she's oh, yeah. like, I'm a good listener and I like to talk to people. I'm a real people person. I was like, okay, you know, I guess that's fine. Yeah. So I ended up getting my undergrad in psychology and now I'm currently pursuing my master's in school counseling, which wow. is a whole nother thing. Anything education related, nine times out of 10, my mom has been the one, like the driving force behind it. But moms are always right. And I mean, I did end up really liking psychology. My school counseling program is really, really great. And I'm learning how to talk to people and how to, you know, validate their feelings and make them feel heard with no judgment. So I think it's a really great skill to have, even whether like you're in the profession or not. So but I mean, I still have my dreams of like wanting to be a model and wanting to be an actress. And hopefully one day I'll get to do that. And it doesn't hurt to be beautiful and educated. Yeah, you know I mean, exactly. like, you right. can be a, a total package for sure. My grandmother is like, so you're going to get your PhD? I'm like, girl, no So have you, I know like dentistry is a male dominated field. And mm-hmm. every time I go to the dentist, it's always like the, I don't know the the correct terminology for it, but like yeah. the, the lady will come and she'll like check me out. And then the actual dentist will come and like do yes. the procedures. So mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, I've always only ever been worked on by a male dentist. So right. has that discouraged you in any way or how is that? Um, I think the biggest thing about dentistry that was tough was um, I didn't have any role models at the time. And, you know, we are creatures of attraction. So we mm-hmm. like who looks like us, whether it's color or, you know, gender. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big kind of like, it wasn't necessarily a hindrance, but it was a concern that I had big time because of the fact I was like, who am I going to talk to? Who do I, you know, go to? And uh, my high school coach actually is the one who set me up with my very first like externship internship. Mm -hmm. And it was a female dentist, um, amazing woman, Filipino woman. And she was so sweet. And, you know, just seeing her run her own business, she didn't work for another dentist. She mm-hmm. owned her own business. Um, it was an all-female office because her assistants, that's who would come in and check you before the doctor came in. Her assistants were females and everything. And so having that was a huge um, boost of confidence going into dental school. Yeah. And then I get into class and there's still more men. Wow. You know, I will say that our class was really diverse. The school that I'm at, we pride ourselves on being diverse. And so it was diverse as far as race and like race and everything, but it still was probably 60% men, 40% women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the stats say like 31% of all dentists are women and it's, it, it is rising. Um, but I think for me, it was more of like a, that's a challenge I want to take on. I want to change. I want to be in that, that number. You know what I mean? And use this career, this vocation to influence other women, other girls, like go be a tech, go be in technology, go be in, you know, medicine, science, engineering, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, But I think the biggest thing that's a hindrance for anyone is like mentorship. You know, because you need someone whenever you're stuck. And unfortunately, my parents were not doctors. Mm -hmm. And so they weren't, you know the resources that I needed, but they, they knew kind of where to plug me in to get those resources. So I did like summer programs and things like that. So I think it it was kind of discouraging. Um, but I, I was, I was lucky to have a mentor at a very early position into going into dentistry. Yeah. And I kind of want to stay on that subject because I feel like a lot of people 
don't like to ask for help. And sometimes I find that a lot of people don't think mentors are like really necessary. A lot of them say, oh, I can do this on my own. I can figure this out by myself. You know, I don't need anybody to tell me how to do this. But what would like, why do you think having a mentor is so important in, you know, getting to whatever phase of life or whatever goal it is that you're trying to reach? I think it's important because they've been there, right? They've been there and done that. And so you know, they say it's important to have three people like in your immediate circle in relations to your field, right? Someone above you, someone at the same level as you, and then mm-hmm. someone that you can mentor to. And so, oh, I love I, that. I think the biggest thing is the above you because you're being poured into, right? And then from the overflow is like to your friends who's also in dental school or mm-hmm. in PA school, you know, in a in a in a healthcare field, and then that aspiring pre-dent that's, you know, busting their butt, volunteering 300 hours <laughs> just so they can have a shot at getting an interview, not even getting a position, just a shot at getting an interview. Yeah. And so I think the mentor plays such a huge role. And I always encourage people, like, if you are doing good in your field, and even if you aren't, if someone is like looking to you, whether it's cousins, nieces, you know, friends, like if they're looking to you for advice, offer it and offer it from an honest position because you are really, you could be helping them. You know, you could be shaping their life in a way that you don't even know. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important. Like you need to be wise enough to know, like, girl, you got this, like you, you, you're good, but also know like, okay, I need to ask for help, you know, some discernment and like, do I ask this person or that person? Uh, but I think it's, I think it's huge. Like, I, I, I don't really think that I would be here without my mentors and my mentors are the same people that wrote my letters of rec to get into dental school. Mm-hmm. And now I'm applying to a residency and there's the same people. That's you know awesome. I mean? And some are men and some are women. You yeah. Know, so it depends. Yeah. I think we've definitely seen an influx of women just like dominating the STEM field. And I love to see it. Like you're seeing so many more women engineers, dentists. Um, you know, I actually, the dentist I go to now, she actually is a, a woman dentist, a female dentist, and she's amazing and incredible. Um, so I love that more young people, more young women especially, are like seeing the significance of having that position in STEM so that then other young girls can have that role model to look up to. So for anybody out there who is like interested in STEM or is intimidated by the the acronym or, you know, the male-dominated <laughs> field, what advice could you give to them or what steps would you recommend them to take in order to, you know, take on that field and not be, and be fearless in doing it? I think the first thing I would say is um, find someone who's in whatever field it is within STEM. If you like digital creating or programming or coding, or you love to, you know, surgeries or whatever it is, find someone. It can be on Instagram. It can be like, even if you don't know anyone immediately, find someone and start asking questions like, hey, how'd you get there? Um, and that be, that fosters that mentor relationship, right? Um, but, you know, we if we don't ask, we would never know. So I would say, Find someone who's in that field. Find someone who is doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, reach out to them. And even if they don't have the resources, I'm sure they could point you into some direction. But also do your research. Like um, we're on our phones constantly. constantly. So you can find um, girls in STEM, women in STEM, um, girls in math. I mean, there's so many like clubs and programs um, out there. And sometimes they have like little mini conferences. It doesn't mean that, you know, you may not have one in your city, but if you are in high school and your parents are comfortable with you flying to like DC maybe for like a weekend conference just to yeah. see like women that work for Apple and Microsoft and at, you know, Mayo Clinic at these big hospitals and doing things that like 
we weren't even allowed to do historically. You know what I mean? So it's like breaking those barriers and things like that. I think that's the biggest thing is like, get out there, search for it. And if you don't know where to search, start with Instagram, Google. We have so many resources, like just hashtag a hashtag digital creator. You know what I mean? Because people love to market themselves. They do. Go find them and make them like own up to who they are. Like, you know, cause I think, I think that people understand that there's a, there's a responsibility to reach back. Mm-hmm. So I think I definitely encourage people like to just go for it, expose yourself to everything that you could possibly in, like, even if it's art, music, whatever it is, exposure is the biggest, you know, influence on what you become. Yeah. I think like, especially for young people, it's important for them to see people actually doing it. I, I love the saying, you know, you can't be what you can't see. And I think, you know, for the people who like first started it, they probably were like, you know, people have never done this before, but they created that pathway for them for other people to be like, oh, I can see myself doing that. She looks like me or she has hair like me. She, yes. and she has a body like me. And I think that was so important for me, especially like in pageants was seeing black women actually compete with their natural hair in pageants because it was so just this far thought off thing that the first time I ever saw a black woman compete with her natural hair, I was like, wow, she looks really beautiful. And right. then in turn, I was able to say, wow, I'm really beautiful because of this, this, and this, because I was able to see it. So mm-hmm. like she said, like, go reach out. Like there are so many social media platforms. Like you literally have people who market themselves off of their careers mm-hmm. and, you know, they post so many helpful tips and tricks and like study tips. And even like TikTok is a huge thing right now. I feel like there's yes. an influx of just all types of information everywhere. So if you are interested in STEM, you know, go out there and look for people who actually do look like you and see, you know, what steps did you take to get there? What hardships did you um, encounter? And how can I, you know, not make those same mistakes that you did? Okay, well, we are coming up on the end of time. I feel like we've only been talking for like 10 minutes. That's I know, this has been great. <laughs> this has been amazing, the whole thing. I know. So, of course, I have to ask you this last question. Okay. What is the biggest life lesson that you have learned so far? Because I always say, you know, I wish I would have known this when I was this age. So for anybody who is younger than us who might be listening or going through a hard time, what would you say is the biggest life lesson that you've learned so far in your life? I am a devout Christian. And so I think something that I've learned and that I'm currently learning is to control what I can. And that's my, my coach would tell me that control the controllables. Yes. Like, oh, my so coach said that all the time. That are outside of your control. And I think for me, that leads to stress and anxiety. And I am a type A person. So I'm like, Oh, I'm gonna do this, do this, do this. And I found that I am, I'm just not at peace. And so for me, it's like completely surrendering my timelines, my ideas, like granted do the work. But um, I think I've realized that I'm just not in control. I can only do so much. And I trust that God will do the rest. Yeah. And I feel like life is so much easier now. (laughs) I, I definitely like use that in my life. You have to control the things that you can control. And if it's outside of your control, you just have to like let it go. There's nothing you can do about it. Like even with me getting ready for Miss USA, like we don't have a date 
we don't even know when this thing is happening. And it's just like, I can't control that. But what I can do is continue to prepare. What I can do is continue to make sure that I'm getting things lined up for when it is time for me to go. And so, you know, just making sure like you are doing everything in your power to have the best outcome, but just understanding that God already knows what's going to happen. Like it's already said and done. Like the winner of Miss USA is already said and done. Like if it's it's written. If it's not me, then it's not me. And at the end of the day, like, I understand that. And I can't go in the judges' minds and control them and be like, pick me, pick me. But the life lessons you will learn just pursuing the career that or doing whatever it is that you feel God has called you to do. Like there's, there, it's not in vain. There's something right. that's going to come out of it regardless. It's not. And I always say that, like, I'm going to compete at Miss USA. Of course I want to win, but I know whether I win or whether I lose, something great is, is coming out of this. And if I, I didn't win, it's just because I have something greater lined up for me anyway. So I can't even be mad. Like God, like, <laughs> it's so crazy because when you look back on your life and see the things that God has done for you and how he made it work. And you didn't the way even the, the steps were laid out. Yeah. You could have never done that. You could have never done that. On never, own. ever, ever. It's so crazy. And you just look back and think, wow, that couldn't have been nobody, but God. I couldn't write that out myself ever, ever. <laughs> so I definitely agree with that. Control the controllables. My girls, if y'all are interested in STEM, I'm sure Paris would be more than happy to help you guys. So give us your social media handle so they can follow you and keep up with you. Yes, it is underscore paris.web, underscore paris.web, web with two Bs. Yep. So you guys hit her up. I'm sure she'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Paris, thank you so much for reaching out to be a guest on my podcast. I feel so warm and fuzzy inside because this was so special. Like I like literally guys, I just sat here and learned about her the same way y'all did. We've never <laughs> talked before, never met. So but it feels this- like so the energy is great. I love it, it is. Yeah. And so, like I said, if you guys want to be a guest on the podcast, if you guys have any topics you want me to talk about, questions you need answered, use the email mystory@girlsirl.org, and I will personally email you back and we can set something up. So thank you guys so much again for listening and I will talk to y'all on my next episode. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope that it was able to enhance your life in some way. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast before you leave and also follow us on Instagram at underscore girls IRL. Go out and live a fearless and filter free life and always remember to keep it real.